Welcome to Grace Abounds. I'm Pastor Jen Shaw, and in this podcast, I'm sharing my Sunday sermons from St. John's Lutheran Church, Palm Desert, California. I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I trust that these words build you up in faith, hope, and love. Some years ago, when I was an assistant manager at Barnes & Noble in Santa Barbara, the district manager came for the day to check out how things were going. And on that day, as I was the one in charge of the store, I was busy making sure the employees did their jobs and the books got shelved and the operations were running smoothly. And toward the end of the day, the district manager took me aside privately, and said to me, Jen, I know you don't mean to, but I've noticed when customers ask you for help, you look slightly annoyed. (sighs) That was hard to hear. It was also true. I was annoyed when they stopped me when I had so much to do. I just didn't realize I was showing it so obviously. And then she continued, reminding me that I was only doing all of those things because of our customers. They are the priority. It is my job to help them. And I realized in that moment something I have carried with me ever since. Nothing I was doing as I went about my business was more important than the person standing there in front of me. Like fine jewelry is a wise rebuke to a listening ear. As Jesus teaches in our gospel reading from Matthew 18. Jesus offers this teaching to his disciples in the midst of his public ministry as he is on his way to the city of Jerusalem, helping his disciples his students, his trainees, understand what is to come, preparing them to continue his ministry and lead the community of faith. And in this context, Jesus says to them, if another member of the church sins against you, he knows members of the church will sin against each other. He knows that there will be conflict in his church on earth, because the church is made of people, people who are saved and sinners, people who are loved and also fall short of the glory of God, people who are not yet as we will one day be. And Jesus knows that when we are sinned against by another member of the church, we will be tempted to react in ways that are in and of themselves sinful, that are not from a place of love and not helpful, that just cause more harm to the person who has wronged us and to us. Now, maybe we tell everybody else but the person how upset we are with them. Maybe we shame them and hope that they feel as bad as we do. Maybe we just avoid them and simmer in resentment. And so in these circumstances, we might 
talk about them behind their back or call them out in front of everyone or put them on blast on Facebook or just don't pick up the phone when they call and we don't tell them why. There is pain in unresolved conflict. Jesus teaches us how to ease that pain, how to seek conflict resolution, how to respond when a member of the church sins against us. Jesus says, go and talk to that person. Point out the fault when the two of you are alone. Now, with the important exception of a truly abusive situation, don't be alone with someone who has abused you. Go and get help. If someone wrongs you, go and talk to them about them about it. Have a conversation with the person who needs correction. Privately, directly, honestly. Don't avoid them or the issue. It's hard, but it's worth it to talk things through, to address the situation with concern for their well-being and for yours, to share your thoughts and feelings and listen to theirs. Now, I, so, I know some of us would rather avoid conflict, but honestly, the conflict is already happening. Something has already happened to upset you. The question is how you will deal with it. Researcher scientist Brene Brown offers some language for these conversations that I've found very helpful. Three simple phrases. When you, whatever it is specifically that the person did, I felt whatever emotions it brought up in you because, and here's why. So for example, say someone just walks right past me after worship and you know, in my head, I'm like, ooh, are they mad at me? What's going on? So I go to them and I say, you know, when you kind of hurried right past me after worship, I felt rejected because I wonder maybe if something's wrong. And that gives them the opportunity to say, for example, oh, I didn't even see your wave. I, I was just, I was ready to go to lunch. <laughs> no problem. See, in my head, it's a big deal. It wasn't a big deal. And if there was something going on, it's an opportunity to talk about that too. Because the goal of the conversation is not to disgrace the person or get them back or just go off and tell them how terrible they are. The goal of the conversation is that they'll listen. They'll hear and understand what it is that they said or did that hurt you and hopefully change, grow, not do that again. The goal, as Jesus shares, is healing the relationship, reconciliation, regaining that one in community with you and with others. In offering this teaching, Jesus follows the ancient wisdom of Proverbs 25 that is very relevant in our context today. Don't go hastily into court. Our first impulse in dispute is, should not be, I'm going to sue you. And go directly to your neighbor to resolve things. Don't let it escalate to that point. And if someone shares something with you in confidence, don't tell other people. 
You'll break trust with that person and also with them because they'll think, ooh, I guess they can't keep a secret. And there is beauty and artistry and value in being careful with our words and correction that is offered to someone with wisdom and compassion and understanding can make a difference for that person and for you and for others. I know this from personal and pastoral experience. I also know that those conversations don't always go smoothly. And so Jesus continues, if that person just refuses to listen to you, Gather one or two friends and bring them in to the conversation. Find people you trust and have that discussion again. And hopefully their presence and their perspectives will help. Will bring the person around. Will help you all see a way forward. Will bring resolution. And then Jesus says, even after two or three are gathered with you, if that person still refuses to listen, take the matter to the church. In that time and place, this would have been 20 or 30 people who worshiped together in homes, who ate frequently together, who shared things in common, who would have known each other much more personally than many people in many churches today do. This would be more of what we would think of as a small group today, not a church with 300 or 500 or 10,000 people. A rough equivalent in our context, in our church polity, would be the church council. And only then, Jesus says, if this person doesn't listen to you, doesn't listen to, to trusted friends, doesn't listen to the church, only after a patient, lengthy process of communal prayer and discernment and conversation, then let that one be to you as a Gentile or tax collector. Now, these were folks that were generally not welcomed in the Jewish community to whom Jesus first spoke these words. And so this sounds like license to remove the stubborn offender from the church community. And it may be under very carefully considered circumstances. But here's the thing about Gentiles and tax collectors. Jesus loved them. Jesus ate with them and hung out with them and taught them and healed them. Jesus welcomed them into his community, into the church. Matthew, the author of this gospel, who wrote down these words, who was one of the 12 apostles who faithfully proclaimed the good news of Jesus, was a tax collector. Jesus ate in the home of Zacchaeus, the chief tax collector. Jesus healed the son of a Roman Gentile centurion. Jesus spoke with the Samaritan woman at the well. Jesus never gives up on anybody. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He forgave our sins on the cross. He took our death as his own and freed us from it forever. He rose again to life and gives us life eternal. 
in his ministry, in his incarnation, suffering, death, and resurrection, in his ongoing presence, Jesus heals our relationships with God and each other. He regains us in his beloved community. As the Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, God was in Jesus Christ reconciling the world to himself. After Jesus offers these steps for conflict resolution, he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. I have often heard this phrase. I have often said this phrase. In the context of when perhaps less people than we were expecting show up for a Bible study or a ministry opportunity or a fellowship event where two or three are gathered, the Lord is there. And that is true. The Lord is with us. Whoever we are, wherever we are, however many of us there are, Christ is with us and for us forever. And Jesus actually says these words in the context of conflict resolution, reconciliation, healing relationships. The two or three are gathered to work things out, to settle disputes, to help people make peace with each other. Jesus is with us, and it is by his grace and power and in his name that we seek to heal our divisions and come together in community and build each other up in faith and hope and love. Love, as the Apostle Paul reminds us in Romans 13, is what we owe is all we owe each other. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Love is the fulfillment of the law because all of the commandments that are meant to keep us from sinning against each other are summed up in that great commandment given to us by our Lord Jesus Christ. Love your neighbor as yourself. May we love each other. May we be patient and trustworthy and offer carefully chosen words of wisdom in ways that people can hear and act on. May we gather together in the name of Jesus Christ to share his good news in our words and in our deeds and to work things out together. What are the relationships that you need to mend? What are the conversations that you need to have? Who do you need to call today? Amen. Thanks for listening. Each week's episode is edited by Nick Cox. Music performed by our St. John's Worship Band. Sermons by me, Pastor Jen Shaw. Make sure to subscribe to hear each week's message. If you'd like to know more about St. John's mission to know Christ and make Christ known, to share the life-giving word and do the life-giving work of Jesus, visit our website, stjohnslutheran.church. 
May God bless you on this day and in all the days ahead.